1: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbafei, on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Welcome back. This is hour number two of the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Femia Faye alongside Michael Lombardi in Tucson, Arizona, holding things down on the road. Uh, we had a fun first hour. We have a lot more fun coming up here in hour number two in fifteen minutes. Michael's old buddy Tate Frazier, host of the One Shining Podcast over at The Ringer, will join us to talk all things college hoops. But joining us right now to kick off this second hour. It's our Hall of Fame odds maker. Over at the South Point, our buddy, Vinny Maiulo. Vinny, hope all is well. Hope the tournament has been treating you guys well. How did you make out yesterday after the phenomenal basketball that we saw in the Sweet 16? Well, good to
4: be with you guys, Michael. Nice to see you. Uh, nice to see I, I you, we'll Vinny. Uh, we'll be getting together pretty soon. We got to get to uh, we got to get to the uh, the IAC pretty soon, buddy. The Italian American no Club. I know you got it. I, I, I got to get there. Get, I got you shut up get... over there for.
5: All right, beautiful! Thank you. I I, I mean, I got to go anywhere that's um, not your friends, so I'm going to go there.
4: <laughs> um, you know what, guys? It was a, a great uh, first four days uh, for sure. Yesterday. Uh, was uh, another uh, another good you know not as busy obviously as last week I mean the first four days of the tournament uh certainly are uh much busier there were m- more games and things like that but uh, uh a lot of good action yesterday uh all day long pretty steady um the day went to the betters yesterday really mm-hmm. uh and uh got uh, got a lot of late Gonzaga money uh yesterday too going uh going into that last game so uh, tip our cap to the betters pay him today we did a lot of extra business certainly because we do the uh, 105 juice uh, here at, at the saw point at the counter for straight bets so uh, f- people took advantage of that they loved it and uh, also took uh, some Florida Atlantic money line action yesterday too so mm. between uh, uh, late uh, Lake Gonzaga money and uh, uh, early uh, Florida Atlantic money line uh, that uh, that's why the betters had uh, the better of it yesterday
5: uh, Vinny, did the injury news on UCLA late, did that affect uh, Did that affect the line? Did you move the line at all, and that's why you started getting Zinzaga money?
4: Well, I think it was it, it, the money dictated, right, Michael? I mean, when you look at the game, uh, we opened the game one, and there was a steady stream of UCLA money. They laid uh, the one initially. They laid one and a half, went to two. It was pretty good two-way action at two. Uh, but then, uh, then we bounced back and forth yesterday between two and one and a half. But uh, I'd say that in the last, uh, yeah, I'm certainly the, uh, that the the injury news, uh, which everybody was pretty much aware of. Uh, but it, it it was just a support for for the Zags at that point, uh, especially in the last half hour leading up to that game. So, um, yeah, I think uh, think that had uh, certainly a lot to do with it. But money dictated how the uh, how the number moved.
3: We're speaking with Vinny Maiulo, Hall of Fame odds maker over at the Southwind Hotel and Casino, talking all things March Madness. I know, Vinny, a couple weeks ago you said that Miami was one of your guys' biggest liabilities, probably the biggest liability in the futures market. Is that also what's going to happen today? Do you guys need Houston to win this game, or do you kind of have to thread this needle to where you want Miami to cover, but maybe Houston to go ahead and win in advance?
4: Yeah, good good question for, I, mean, I mean we did have uh, we had some exposure on both uh, Miami and uh, Kansas State early on but since uh, going into the conference tournaments actually uh, you know we started to uh, to mitigate that risk so uh, not nothing really detrimental here we actually uh, um, you know we, we got a little bit of a little bit of exposure now on Texas mm-hmm. uh, believe it or not I mean when I say exposure to it's a matter of you know uh w- what's you know uh, winning uh or, or breaking even right but there's nothing really uh outstanding uh certainly nothing like uh, the golden knights uh, uh when they uh, when they had that first <laughs> season right where uh, there was all of that future exposure but uh we did wind up getting off of that uh miami and uh kansas state kansas state uh, by the way some folks out there with uh, tickets on kansas state from a year ago at 200 to one so uh, you know what? Uh, they're they're in a they're in a good spot with uh, with that to to do some maneuver, and they have already done it. Uh, even uh, believe it or not, didn't get any Princeton money going into the tournament. Let's remember Princeton going into the tournament, two thousand to one to win this thing. So uh, did not uh, did not see any uh, did not see any uh, any Princeton money. So uh, futures are, uh, we're in pretty good shape overall. A little bit of regional exposure in some of these, uh, but nothing uh, nothing that's uh, really going to wipe us uh, wipe us clean.
5: Well, you know, with Princeton losing the NIT last year, I can imagine why nobody was jumping at the bit to bet them to go even at 2001. But how about today? Are you getting Princeton money at 10, or or are you still getting all Creighton money? Or has it been two-way action, Vinny?
4: I have to tell you, actually, this game has been two-way action. We've not gotten off to 10 the entire time, guys. I mean, this is the one game, uh, when you look at including yesterday's Uh, of four games and today's four games. The the one game, uh, actually there's two games that have not moved off the opener uh, here at South Point. Texas uh, is holding steady as a four-point favorite against Xavier. Uh, There's been some movement on the total there, uh, a little bit uh, back and forth between 48 and uh, 149. Uh, But Princeton, same thing. Uh, a little bit of movement uh, bet- on the total, but uh, a game open 10, and that's where it sits. So, uh, And again, uh, the movement on the total is within a point from anywhere from 139 to 140, 140 and a half So uh, pretty good two-way action uh, overall. Uh, the other games, uh, Houston uh, from 7 to 7.5. Uh, the total right now sitting at uh, 139 here at South Point. Uh, Alabama, this one did get as high as 8, guys. Um, this one's going to be, you know, this is, this is today's probably... You know, contrast in style game, Alabama opened seven, they laid seven, laid seven and a half, went to eight, and now back to uh, seven and a half. So did uh, find the uh, the two-way threshold there. But uh, Alabama likes to get up and down a quarter as we know. San Diego State, good defensively. So um, we're going to see who uh, dictates the pace in this one uh, today. But uh, not a it- lot of tremendous amount of move- good two-way action so far.
5: Vinny, real quick, I want to ask you this before Femi jumps in. Uh, you know, we talk about yeah. Aaron Rodgers shifting the number in the NFL. Is there a college basketball mm-hmm. coach that you add at a point, point and a half, or two point that shifts the number?
4: Um, I wouldn't say necessarily in a game, Michael, but in, in looking ahead to next year, uh, I've got to tell you, I mean, you you got to look at uh, Rick Patino going to St. John's. Right. That's why I asked uh, the question. Probably going to shift the shifts. Yeah. Yeah, I think what, you know, I mean, Ed Cooley going from Providence to Georgetown, I think is, you know, I mean, Ed Cooley did a terrific job uh, at Providence, right? And, uh, you know, and I'm sure he's going to do uh, a good job at at Georgetown. Uh, but when you look at the success that Rick Patino's had, there's no question that, A, he's going to, I think, get a lot of that talent in the New York metropolitan area uh, to to stay. And, uh, you know, we've seen what he's done wherever he's gone. Now, I mean, let's face it, Iona had more success in the last couple of years uh, said that he's been there than St. John's has had. Now, I know it's a, it's a uh, you know, the conferences are, are, are a contrast for sure, but there's no reason to believe that Rick Bettino is not going to resurrect the St. John's basketball program. And I, I think that's uh, certainly something that we're going to watch very closely, not only in terms of recruiting freshmen, but also, uh, I think you're going to see some uh, some guys uh, utilize the transfer portal and probably maybe even from Iona uh, mm-hmm. to get uh, to get there. That's, uh, that was a good Iona team that he had.
3: Yeah, that transfer yeah. portal has made it easier than ever for college basketball teams to have some of these quick turnarounds. Yeah. Case in point, Kansas State with Jerome Tang there. Vinny, you brought up totals earlier yeah. in this interview here, and I wanted to ask you about uh-huh. that because the story from a betting perspective last weekend was that the under was cashing. It was about 75%. All mm-hmm. the unders were coming in. Uh, do you see that betters maybe yep. go to that kind of do theory, the do factor, and p- potentially bet some of these overs here in the Sweet 16? Because we saw last night with Michigan State, Kansas State, that one flew well over the total.
4: Yeah, of course, you know, the overtime, right, uh, uh, it, it helped that as well for me. But uh, I think, you know, here's the thing. You know, when, when you look at totals, uh, and, and w- did we adjust them? We did adjust some. But you also don't only adjust based on results. You, you adjust uh, – if necessary, based on the way games and totals in this particular uh, uh, segment are, are, it's how they were bet, right? So the public mm-hmm. loves to bet. Public loves to root for points, mm-hmm. and uh, we see that a lot, especially with our first to fifteen, which I'll get to in a moment. But um, when it comes to totals, professional betters are more inclined to bet the unders in games, and they'll wait for the um, they'll they'll either bet them right at the beginning. Uh, and compare their totals to what we posted. but they'll also wait for the public to put them in part put the overs and parlays and have those creep up. So as the day goes on and the parlays start to accumulate and a lot of those parlays from the general public include overs, well then pros will you know lean and and, and get involved with the unders there. So overall, even though there was a lot of uh, unders that came in as you mentioned, uh, it wasn't so much, uh, that, that, uh, that really hurt us. We had pretty, you know, I would say we were balanced between straight bets to the under, but parlays to the over, uh, when it came to those last week, uh, getting back to, uh, what folks root for, uh, they root for points. They loved, they loved the first of 15, uh, which has now become the most popular proposition bet that we post all season. Uh, and, uh, I have to tell you, it's a lot of fun to book. Uh, it's a lot of fun to watch the reactions and, uh, Last week, uh, when when there were four games going on simultaneously, and one game, uh, you know, was was well into the second half, uh, but another game was just like within the first five minutes, and you heard this huge roar, and everybody wanted the sound on the uh, on the game that just uh, was five minutes old. It was simply because of the. Uh, First of 15. So it's a a lot of fun, a lot of instant gratification uh, not quite as instant as the coin toss in the Super Bowl. (laughs) But uh, you know what? We tip our caps. Folks love (laughs) to bet the dogs. They had the better of it last week. And uh, you know what? They put more action in on uh, on the the second half when halftime uh, numbers came up.
5: You know, so yesterday was good for the better. So today, are you getting a lot more action on these four games since everybody's so confident with their picks?
4: Yeah, I think so, Michael. I mean, again, it's a Friday also, right? So uh, uh, the, the fact is, you know, but <clears throat> let's remember yesterday, too, we had the, uh, you know, the Western region here. It's the first time we've had a regional here. So anytime there's an event here, uh, there's always a lot more business, right? 15 to 25% more. we see that with boxing. We see that with UFC events. Uh, anytime there's an event here. Uh, that you know Raider games let's face it I mean they're, they're, those are special events uh, every time uh, there's a home game so um, we did see uh, quite a bit of action yesterday but again today's Friday and then uh, you know we've got uh, the Western Region picks up again tomorrow so a lot of folks getting ready for the weekend here and uh, we're, uh, we're happy to accommodate
3: them. Should be a fun weekend betting the baskets. He is Vinny Mayulo, Hall of Fame odds maker over at the South Point. Vinny we appreciate the time buddy. Thanks Vinny. Good to be with you guys. Have a great weekend all right tate Fraser of the one shining podcast joins us next here on the lombardi line
1: if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael
1: Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abebafe, on VSAN, the Sports Betting
3: Network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted out specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefei hanging out with Michael Lombardi here on a Friday talking all things college hoops and for those of you who don't know, Michael and I, of course, host the GM Shuffle podcast Mondays and Thursdays. Make sure you check that out. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. But before the GM Shuffle, Michael hosted the GM Street with our next host who joins us right now, Tate Frazier, the host of My the man. One Shining podcast over at The Ringer. He loves all things college basketball, so who better to bring on the show than Tate Frazier? This is like a reunion for you guys here. Yeah. I'm ready to just sit back and chop it up with y'all. How you doing, Tate? I'm
6: doing great Femi And I will say, uh, I listen to GM shuffle. Uh, it is one of my favorite podcasts. You do a great job. Uh, I am, uh, you know, I am honored that uh, we are in the same family. We are two guys that got to sit and talk to Lombardi, you know what I mean? We, we live a good life. So what else could you ask for? It's good to be here.
5: You're too kind, Tate Fraser. But listen, I want to start with Kansas State, right? Tang has done an incredible job. First, there's some controversy. I think it's the single bullet theory or maybe the single finger theory. But did you think that ball got tipped or did you think he hit Norwell's finger?
6: I think he hit his finger. I'm not sure it got tipped, but I mean, there was a lot of... uh... You know, after the game, I saw Izzo saying that there was some some quote-unquote lucky things that happened, uh, you know, on Kansas <laughs> State's behalf, right? That, that happens when you lose a close game in overtime. Um, but I, I just thought that Noel was... I mean, almost like it, it was giving you Kimba vibes, you know, and mm. and I say that with all due respect and all, you know, <laughs> you know, I bow down and, and remember the twenty eleven run for Kimba Walker. But I mean, Marquise Noel was a point guard that absolutely dominated the game. I mean, one of the things that great point guards do is they dominate a game without scoring. And yes, he did score, ended up with twenty points as we know, but to have nineteen assists and to have it so that they were more worried about his passing than his scoring. And then he hit a nice little Kimba step back at one point. He hit a a step back three that was almost exactly where Steph Curry broke the three point record in MSG. Um, he had that broken play when he came back from his ankle, you know, it felt like the tide was turning for Michigan state, right? They were getting all the momentum. They go on 11 2 run. They take the lead. Noels on the bench. He gets up. He starts like jogging, running in the purview of his teammates that are on the court. And then he comes <laughs> back in the game on a broken play, hits a shot off the backboard uh, right before the shot clock runs out. And, uh, I, you know, you see a lot of magic in March, but I feel like Marquise Noel, he has something going for him and uh, it's something special. We haven't
3: seen it in a long, long time. Yeah. You mentioned that Yukon team, they were a three seed way back when. So Kansas state being a three seed, maybe just, maybe there are some parallels with the wildcats this year, making a run here. Uh, you mentioned Noel, obviously a lot has been made of him being a New York city guard out at MSG. Last night we saw Julian Strother. Who grew up here in Las Vegas hit the shot of the night. Who's the bigger hometown hero? Is it Noel with New York City or is it Strother here in Vegas?
6: I uh, that's a great question, Femi. I uh, I went back and forth. You know, we went on the air last night. I did a live reaction show, and uh, my producer Kyle was like, "What was the best game of the night?" And uh, you know, I could argue both ways. They were both amazing games, and you know, it's kind of crazy. The first one was the the start of the Sweet Sixteen, and then we closed out with that amazing game. UCLA Gonzaga anytime that's on the board we all should be tuned in it's just a great <laughs> matchup it's just a great game and uh, Strother I mean that shot was so Chris Jenkins like and uh, you know Amari Bailey with the Marcus Page shot right I mean yeah. I I don't want to get lost in the shuffle what a big shot Amari Bailey hit very similar to Marcus Page but I mean Julian Strother the way he took that shot it's like he expected to make it Mark Few after the game said they run that at the end of practice and Strother makes it you know seven times out of ten he said so it, it felt like it was destiny and uh, this This is the year where the Zags have been a little bit off the radar and maybe it's their time to uh, get over the hump. So, I mean, I I don't know which one I could choose. I feel like Noel is the MOP of the tournament so far, Mm -hmm. but maybe the shot that Strother hit is a bigger shot.
5: It is incredible. I mean, I the call that shot, it just blew my mind, Tay Frazier, because like that's like I guess he makes it 70% of the time, but to me, that's like a, not a very high percentage shot. But you know, maybe he thought he was gonna get the rebound. All right, let's talk FAU, right? Nobody even right. knows they're in Boca Raton, the owls, <laughs> they 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 beat Tennessee. Are they a final fourteen, Tay Fraser?
6: um you know i'm not sure they're a final four team i mean this is their first tournament run they got their first tournament win in the first round this was obviously their first sweet 16 and i I don't know about you guys but as i watched that game it felt like the sea was parting for rick barnes to get to the elite eight and have a chance to get to the final (laughs) four and all of a sudden it just you know kind of just fell apart and that has been a story of rick barnes in march unfortunately this tennessee team They are um, physical, to say the least, and they almost became unlikable in this game, right, with some of the cheap shots that we saw on replay. And, uh, you know, if if there are the basketball gods that are up there, I think they decided that uh, FAU, Dusty May, um, I think is a really underrated basketball coach. He was a manager for coach Bobby Knight back in the day. So he was around greatness. He understands um, how to um, pick and choose his spots. He used his bench really well. Um, Forrest comes in, has, you know, a, b- a big pickup, um, you know, a big boost off the bench for them. So, I mean, Florida Atlantic, if they go to the final four, we're talking like George Mason territory, right? VCU territory, something that we haven't really seen too often. Um, I think Kansas State's going to be a really tough matchup for FAU, but fortunately for FAU, they went up against a Tennessee team that I think started to count their chickens before they hatched. And uh, we
3: saw the result of that, and FAU gets a nice win in the Sweet 16. We're hanging out with Tate Frazier, host of the One Shining podcast. You mentioned Dusty May and his coaching. I mean, this team, 34-3 and at Florida Atlantic. Like, this is not some Cinderella. Like, this is a legitimately good team. Dusty May, is he kind of that next superstar head coach that we could see maybe this is his last run at FAU and takes a bigger job coming up here soon?
6: Yeah, I mean, if I am a school like Florida State, right, and I have Leonard Hamilton who is, you know, getting into his later years, like his twilight era of college basketball, maybe I'm calling to to feel out what Dusty May's thinking. I, I kind of think, you know, he can stay in Florida. I'm not sure Tallahassee is what he would want, but if you're one of these Florida schools, And you have a coach that is, you know, kind of on the back end. Maybe you're you're thinking to yourself, all right, let's put in a call to to gauge interest here. I think Dusty May will get some phone calls. And one thing I've learned from coaches as I've talked to him over the years, it's when you're hot, you got to you got to jump on it. As we saw, right, Tobin Anderson um who is a great coach a guy who you know is in that five-star family has worked with a lot of great coaches learned a lot picked up a lot as soon as that iona job (laughs) opens up right they give him a call you got to jump while you're hot and uh, dusty may i'm sure he's going to get a lot of phone calls this offseason florida atlantic they were an ap top 25 team so like you said Femi, they they didn't come out of nowhere right they were a team that we saw this year that was really good um and i think that dusty may is going to have you know bigger opportunities and I mean, look at a guy like Ryan Odom, right? Ryan Odom wins at UNBC. He takes his chance. He goes to Utah State. They're in the tournament. There were some eyeballs back on him, some conversation about him, you know, being up for some other name some other jobs, right? Georgia Tech was one of those jobs. So when you're when you're in the tournament and you get that FaceTime, you got to jump on it. And I could see Dusty May, you know, making a leap.
5: How about Mitch Henderson? You know, here's a guy, Princeton graduate. He's all things Princeton. He's 10-point dog today. Everybody thinks the slipper's going to fall off Cinderella against Creighton. But, you know, do you think he would be up for jobs? And what do you think his chances are at least pulling one more upset?
6: I think that Princeton, um, you know, I I had Mitch Henderson on One Shining Podcast and I asked him candidly, I was like, how do you feel about the matchup? And he said, we like the matchup. And, uh, you know, he said we felt the same way about Arizona, right? We went into the game, everyone, myself included, had Arizona going to the Final Four or, you know, potentially winning the National Championship. I still am confused by how that happened, but also, Princeton plays such disciplined basketball. They have such great principles. They limit possessions. They don't turn the ball over. Princeton's going to do you no favors, right? They're not going to help you win a game. They're not going to gift you a game. You're going to have to go out there and earn it. So if you're Creighton, you have a great starting five. You don't have the the most depth, um, but you can't get in a situation where, you know, Princeton's kind of squeezing the air out of the ball. And, uh, you know, kind of suffocates and gets a win. But fascinating enough, I think the the best matchup in basketball, potentially, as far as the David versus Goliath storyline, would be like Alabama, Princeton in the Elite Eight, right? Alabama, (laughs) most possessions in the country, 88 possessions a game. Princeton, one of the, I think they're like 55 possessions a game. So I just think the contrasting styles and also you're talking about big time Alabama versus, you know, no scholarship players in the Ivy league. That feels like a David Goliath game. That would be fun for the tournament.
5: Yeah, it would be fun. That would be awesome.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, I I have Creighton in my final four, but I I wouldn't mind seeing that as well. We could do that one uh, with Alabama and Princeton. That'd be a fun matchup. Uh, You mentioned, we talked about some of these coaches here and we got about a minute left here. So we'll talk with more about some of the games that are going to come up uh, later this evening. Ed Cooley. Now going to Georgetown. Where are you at with this? Because I know the Providence folks are a little upset that he left in conference. We've never seen that before. Can Ed Cooley revive Georgetown?
6: I think it's you know it's something for Cooley. It's really interesting for him because he had such a he said such a reverence right for Big John, and we all kind of have that feeling about Big John. And when you talk about what he did at Georgetown, you know he's on the Mount Rushmore of coaches, in my opinion, as far as impact. um, Right up there with Dean Smith. So. I mean, Georgetown is a great job. They have great facilities. They have great resources. They're a basketball school. They get it. Um, I do feel bad for Providence, though. Mm-hmm. I do feel bad for Providence. Um, I, I think it's unfair for them. But uh, Kim English is a great basketball coach, folks. So they're going to be all right. Providence will be fine.
3: Yeah, should make the rivalry Tate that gracious. much better. Thank you, my man. Tate's going to awesome hang out with us for oh, another oh, segment. He's going to hang out with us another segment. Yeah, We're, we're going to talk right. some more college hoops on the other side. This is the Lombardi Line.
1: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe on VSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season with our MLB betting guide. It's available now and has futures, team previews, and best bets. Steve Mackinnon has power ratings on every team, plus Adam Burke breaks down how the new MLB rules will impact betters. Whether you bet baseball every day or looking for valuable futures bets, our betting guide has it all. Sign up today and get full access to VEASAN for 30 days for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Femi and Michael Lombardi, hanging out here with our buddy, Tate Frazier, host of the One Shining Podcast. Kind enough to join us for not one, but two segments. We appreciate the time here, Tate. Before we get into tonight's games, I want to get your early thoughts on tomorrow's Elite Eight games, in particular, UConn and Gonzaga. Both teams, I mean, UConn looked terrific against Arkansas yesterday. Gonzaga coming off the emotional victory over UCLA. Right now, the betting market has the Huskies. Two-point favorites, a lot of points expected, 153.5 is our total. How do you see that game shaking out?
6: I will say this about UConn. UConn, I thought Arkansas was going to give them trouble just with their perimeter pressure, and the perimeter pressure actually backfired on Arkansas because UConn drove the ball, UConn passed the ball, and at the end of the day, the bigs that UConn has, I mean, they are – if not the best bigs, I mean, at this point, I mean, who who do you have matching up with those guys? When you look at Sunogo, who's arguably MOP of this tournament, and the thing about Sunogo is that he can pass in the post. He doesn't panic when he gets doubled. And, uh, you know, I saw Drew Timmy dominate, obviously, UCLA, but is playing with their third-string center, and he's a fifth-year senior, and he's, you know, kind of being asked to do a lot more than he's expected to do but he's going to have a real matchup against these guys and uh, he's going to have two bigs that are going to be physical with them they're going to be rotating in and out like hockey subs that's what Dan Hurley likes to do with those two bigs so um, you know I see that line and I wouldn't be shocked if UConn UConn's blowing people out right now it's double digit wins every single time so I I feel like the Huskies are are, are the bet and uh, I would just uh, I wouldn't even I would just take a money line. I feel like, you know, the Huskies are going to win this game, but we'll see what happens. Yeah,
5: I I mean, this is a tough matchup for Gonzaga because they can defend inside out. And, you know, when, if they're not hitting the threes, like they didn't hit them, you know, yesterday against UCLA, they're not going to get those 50 rebounds against UConn. This is going to be a harder game than what they faced against UCLA. As you said, they were undermanned.
6: Mm, And they're not going to be able to get those easy uh, paint touches that they were getting against UCLA. The rim protection of UConn is going to be a problem. They're going to have to adjust to that. And I'm not sure, you know, how Gonzaga will fare. We we saw when they had the emotional win over UCLA, right in the final four in 2021, Mm. they go into the Baylor game on Monday there kind of seemed to be like this foregone conclusion that they were the team of destiny. And as we all saw Baylor came out and just absolutely smacked him in the mouth and dominated that game. And, And it was over before it really even started. So that's my fear with Gonzaga too. There might be a little bit of an emotional hangover after beating UCLA. They may feel like they're supposed to win this. And if you've watched UConn, especially at the start of this season, They dominated everybody, and then they kind of had a weird – they fell off a little bit. Tristan Newton, their point guard, struggled with turnovers, but then they found their footing again, and they looked like the UConn we saw at the start of the year. I'd be very worried if I was
3: Gonzaga. Yeah, I also had a a sizable bet on Arkansas uh, last night against UConn, and you know what? I just turned that TV off. That's what I did. <laughs> right. I think
6: Mus was trying to turn it off on the bench. He was like, "Yeah, I, I think he was over. too." Uh,
3: you know, this is funny. You know, Must
5: uh, and I. You know, I follow Arkansas basketball. I love the guy to death. And, and this was to me. I thought this was his worst team to get to the the, the Sweet Sixteen with this team, because I don't know about you, Tape Razor. I know everybody says Nick Smith's a lottery pick. I haven't seen any lottery in that pick. Like I haven't seen yeah. it. You know. <laughs> Like, I I, I keep waiting for like a five star. I mean, you know, I think he's I don't even think he's got one star. You know, I I hate to be disappointed kid. But like at some point, if you don't want to compete at a high level because you're worried about your draft status, then maybe you should go to the G League because it didn't look like it. I think he hurt himself playing because he doesn't look anything like what they advertised.
6: And he also, you know, last night, you know, a lot of people were saying he had a good game and it's like, well, everything that he did was outside of the confines of the game, right? Like he got his points, I guess, but it was not within the structure of the game. And if anything, it it was the same conversation we had in the second round game against Kansas, where it's like Nick Smith actually is taking possessions away from us meaningful possessions because he's trying to get his highlights in, you know, he's trying to sneak the highlights in (laughs) to make sure the draft guys are like, he's still a lottery guy. I watched him in high school. Um, I thought he was a prolific prospect. I really did. I thought he would go to Arkansas and be a star, but you know, once you get to college basketball, everybody's quick, everybody's, you know, gunning after you. And, uh, he, he needs to be able to do it in a winning way. He kind of gives me Jalen Green vibes where he mm-hmm. can get you 40 points, but I'm not sure you're going to win the game. And, I, and, I, and I'm not sure how how much we really need more of those players because there's a lot of those in the NBA right now.
3: We're hanging out here with Tate Frazier, host of the One Shining Podcast. All right, Tate, let's turn our attention to the games that are going to happen later on this afternoon and evening, starting with San Diego State and Alabama. This is an interesting one over in that south region. The Tide, seven and a half point favorites, total 137 and a half. Do you think that San Diego State can hang with Alabama or is this maybe the Tide running away? I like the
6: age of San Diego state. This is the oldest tournament, the oldest NCAA tournament ever. I think that the veteran experience of the San Diego state team, and they have this nine man rotation where they basically have like a, a mini platoon system where Dutcher will just sub in four guys and he'll leave Matt Bradley, their best player on the court with the, with the new subs and they don't miss a beat. They don't skip a beat. So I think San Diego state actually can, can do some damage in this game with that second unit um, and try to test Alabama. But I mean, you look at, I mentioned the front court of the I mean, look at the front court of Alabama. I mean, Betty Occo can control a game with, with his ability to rim protect and his ability to rebound. They bring this guy Pringle off the bench. He can I mean, he played like 16, 18 minutes the other day and had 20 points and 12 rebounds. Right. I mean, they have a lot of talent in the front court. They have a lot of length, and you know it's going to be hard to get shots up. I think this will be the most athletic team the San Diego State has played. That's why I worry about San Diego State. I can see them covering. I can see them making this a closer game than many expect, just because of their discipline. Um, but Dutcher just won his first tournament game right in the first round, so there's not a lot of experience to really fall on. And you know San Diego State making the Sweet 16. That's, you know, the third sweet 16 since 2011. This is a program that wasn't doing that really before Steve Fisher came. So I I, I could see Alabama cruising, but maybe this is a little bit closer than people expect just because of San Diego state's, you know, veteran experience.
5: You you know, you talk about coaching Laranega's Miami team. I mean, that was once a football school. Mm. Now it's a basketball school. I mean, do they have, you know, Houston, obviously I think Kevin Sampson's underrated as a coach because they are really good and they're disciplined and tough. But this will be an interesting matchup. Two great coaches, you know, and it looks like Miami's under man, but I'm not so sure about that, Tate Frazier.
6: Yeah, I think Norchad Omir is the real star, and he's the real, you know, if you want to fixate a one player in this game, it's can Norchad Omir dominate and uh, do what he did against Indiana, right? I mean, he basically controlled the boards, he helped control the game for Miami. And as we all know, I mean, look at Miami's backcourt. I mean, that backcourt is one of the best in the tournament, if not the best in the tournament. And if Isaiah Wong um, can play like he did in that second-round game, Miami is a very, very scary proposition for Houston. I'm actually surprised by the line a little bit, that it's 7.5. There's a lot of respect, obviously, for Houston. But Miami's got the athletes. I think a a guy that everyone should keep an eye on outside of O'Meara for Miami is Jordan Miller. Um, Jordan Miller, their three-man. I mean, I, I love Jerome Tang was talking about the Kentucky game. He was like, we got dudes, right? We, we got, we got more dudes than they got. Miami's got dudes. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> and they're very talented. They're very athletic. And, uh, you know, Houston, I think Houston, there could be a word in which they come out the gates and Miami gets a quick, big lead and Houston's got to react and kind of what they did against Auburn, right? They're down 10 at halftime. They come out in the second half, they lock in defensively. They don't turn the ball over. And we're all talking about how great Houston looks, but. Um, I, I'm worried they could have a slow start like that against Miami again.
3: Yeah, those Miami guards are really good. Led them to the Elite Eight last year where they fell to Kansas, the eventual national champion. How about Xavier and Texas Longhorns? Four and a half point favorites total, 148 and a half.
6: Yeah, I, uh, Texas, Serge Jabari Rice is the name to watch in this game. He's their sixth man of the year. He's kind of the stabilizer is what I would say for this group. Their guards are very talented. We've seen them. Marcus Carr, Tyrese Hunter. Tyrese Hunter Hunter was the Big 12 freshman of the year and transferred from Iowa State. He's been great this year. But when they need someone to kind of calm things down when things get rough, Texas has Serge Abari Rice. Um, but Xavier is a very tough team. Shaw Miller is a really good coach. Sule Boom has been a star in this tournament. Um, I loved that he and Adam Kunkel, their shooting guard, they had this moment um, where they got in a big argument on the court and there was people saying that, you know, are they going to lose the game because of this? And it kind of galvanized them. They're a tough team. They're a tough group. Um, I have Texas winning this game. I'm not sure they cover the spread, but, um, I think Xavier is going to give him a fight. It's going to be a physical game, but Texas has a lot of talent in that backcourt. You know, I was talking about Miami's backcourt. You look at Texas it's the same type of deal. And if Dylan DeSue can continue to play at the level he is, they have that inside presence that they need. Um, you know, they have, uh, you know, an X factor in Brock Cunningham. So I got the Longhorns going to the elite eight.
5: I love it. Tate Frazier, it's so good to have you, my man. Great job. Awesome breakdown of these games and uh I'm sure you're going to keep it going. When's the next pot? When's the what you're going to do a recap tonight after the games?
6: Right. Going to do a recap every single night after the game, so Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. I'm I'm tinkering with the idea of driving to Las Vegas and bringing Kyle with me so I can go watch this Gonzaga-Yukon game in person. That's how intriguing I I, 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 I I think it's a smart
3: play. There you go. I think that's
6: a smart I, play. And, and I know you guys are in Vegas, too, so I feel like uh, maybe there's a chance I'll yeah. run into you in you real could, life, which is even you better. You can stop
5: by the Circo on Saturday morning. Uh, we're up and at will or, we'll, we'll, or so, uh-huh. Sunday morning.
3: We'll talk to you. We'd love to have you. Perfect. Perfect. Sign me up. Awesome. All he right. is Tate Fraser, host of the One Shining Podcast. Make sure you check out his work on Twitter, at Tate Fraser. Tate, we appreciate the time. All the best going forward, buddy. Thanks, Tate Fraser. Appreciate y'all. All right. We'll wrap up the show. On the other side, this is the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM.
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is The Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Femi Ababafe, on V the sports betting network.
3: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions must be 21 years of age or older to wager new and existing customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line. Final segment coming to you from the Circa resort and casino. We are presented by bet. MGM Femi of MFA, alongside Michael Lombardi. We just had tape. You, you, on, the on. Yeah. you on the game. You going the game tonight. You're going to go uh, tomorrow, yeah, go? Go? Yeah, tomorrow go? night. I'm flipping a coin. We'll see. Are, are you going, going to deciding? Taylor
5: Swift? Are you going to like, how about Vegas this weekend? You got right. Taylor Swift. <laughs> I think it's Adele's last weekend. Cause of course, Millie's going to that tonight. God knows that, you know, her, 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 her wonderful son bought her tickets for that. So that was a wonderful thing. And him and his, him and her, and my daughter-in-law are going to go to that. You got Taylor Swift, and then you got this, the, the tournament. I mean, Vegas is jumping right it, now,
3: it, right? It, the the buzz, of
5: course is you palpable. got the mob museum. You got the mob museum, which everybody should go to every day anyway. So it's a pretty big weekend in Vegas, huh?
3: The buzz is always palpable in Las Vegas. You know, we get the final four next weekend, final four Saturdays, always terrific this time of year. And with everything that's going on, concerts every single weekend, it's it's fun. My significant other, she's going to, to Taylor Swift tonight. It's I will amazing. not be attending. It was,
5: it's funny because I was talking to Jed Fish, the head coach of Arizona. I was at his office yesterday and he's like, Oh yeah, my wife and daughter, they're all going up to Taylor like people are flying in for Taylor Swift. It's amazing. Like, doesn't does she not tour to of uh, every city, or I, you know, I, or is this just a unique venue that she's gonna hit?
3: Well, I think it's more so the the frequency in which she goes on tour and it's not high. So I think it's people are just like, Okay, this might be our last chance or at least the next we might have to wait four years before she goes on tour. So I think that's yeah. what's drumming up the interest. And obviously, she's probably one of the most famous entertainment acts in our country. So she has a big fan base and all that stuff. Uh, I I've never been to a Taylor Swift concert. She has some good music. There's some songs me. that I like. You know, you're a big "Shake It Off" guy. You like that song.
5: You know, I I probably going to stay in the Springsteen lane on this one. I mean, I, you know, she's from Philly. I, you know, it's great. All that. I'll stay, you know, like I would wish I was with Luke Russert last night in Buffalo listening to him play, but, uh, you know, it, it, I, I'm on that tour. That's the tour I'm on. And, you know, everybody <laughs> says you're too old. But every time I look at that tour, you know, there's a lot of people like me that are there because it's, it's sold out. Like, it's incredible. Like, everybody says, oh, you're just an old guy, Lombardi. You like Springsteen. But, I mean, there must be a lot of us out there because I see the stadium yeah. sold out. I watch every concert on
3: YouTube. Like, it's hilarious. Look, we like who we like. And so instead of shaking it off, Lombardi's dancing in the dark. With, with the boss that's right <laughs> That's right. absolutely that's, yeah i'm gonna I, I see the darkness on the edge of town there's no doubt <laughs> that's right that has to be i don't think we've ever talked about springsteen music at length dancing in the dark is probably my favorite song i know it's popular and it's the one that you hear on the radio every now and then but it just it's a good vibe it you know it just gets you going you know you hear that you yeah, know that, da, that, that's da, ba- da, da, that, that would guess. be a
5: bathroom song for me like I, i'd probably after <laughs> i would go to the bathroom on that song like i gotta go like I'm gonna, like I'm a little bit deeper on yeah, that. I want you're in the deep in the cuts. Night. Yeah, yeah. I, I want <laughs> like I look at the set list every time and I I try to rearrange the set list, but no, they're all good. It's it's an incredible venue. Yeah. But uh, side B yeah, is Vegas, where, is where Lombardi's Vegas hanging
3: out. Is, Vegas is hopping though. You gotta love it. It, it we gotta love it. So I out our entertainment capital of the world. Sports, entertainment, restaurant scene is. Absolutely outstanding. Come on out here if you haven't been and say hi to the folks here at Circa. It's a good time. Uh, before we wrap up the show here, Michael, let's talk a little NFL news and notes, some stuff that's yeah. come over the last couple of days here. We saw earlier, not this morning, I believe it was yesterday, when uh, the, the Eagles and Lane Johnson, they came to an extension. It's a one-year deal. And the report is that it's $33.45 million, $30 million guaranteed on this one-year extension, extending him through the 2026 season. On the surface, you see those numbers, and it can be shocking over one year for an offensive tackle. But what's the real meat of this contract, and why was it structured this way?
5: Well, I'm sure he got paid really well and I'm sure on an average per year basis, but they needed to the lower his cap number and this is what the Eagles have been doing. This is what Jerry Jones talked about, how the Eagles were all in. They've they've gone to these option years to extend contracts out to lower the cap number, which is a smart thing to do, right? When you're a winning team, you know, you need to kind of figure out a way to get all your good players under contract for a long time. So I don't think they're paying Lane Johnson 33 million a year. I mean, that's more than, than that's quarterback range, right? I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> You're not paying a right tackle that, but he's a really good player and they needed to lower his cap number, but the, the sensation and the highlights says 33, you got to wait to see how this deal is structured and it, and it's good for the player, but it's also good for the team.
3: Yeah, no, it is. It's one of those cap gymnastics tricks that we see these contending teams do to try to Take on more guys, or whether get some guys under well, I mean, the salary cap?
5: I mean, we got to understand since the league year has started, or since January, there's been almost three quarters of a billion dollars that has been guaranteed by teams. It will hit a billion before it's over. And so, yeah. really, that's cap manipulation, that's cut some guys getting cut. You know, we're going to talk about Zeke here. Zeke got Mm -hmm. cut. So his numbers in that three quarters of a billion dollars too. that money is exchanging hands. Will he do a new contract? Certainly. But it's not going to be to the level that the contract that he really got released on.
3: Well, let's talk about it because Lane Johnson, who we just spoke about receiving the one year extension through 2026, he tweeted the eyeball emojis at Ezekiel Elliott and Zeke as a Cowboys fan. It made me sick. Uh, Zeke, obviously, is not the player that he was when he was drafted. But still, just to see the Eagles almost looking like, hey, man, you interested? Like that, I I, I didn't like it. But do you think that there's legitimate interest between Zeke and the Eagles because – I'm seeing John Clark, who works over at NBC Philadelphia. He does a great job covering the Eagles and covering all Philadelphia sports. He said that the Eagles have not really engaged in conversations with Ezekiel Elliott, and maybe this is just a player-to-player thing, and Zeke has the Eagles on his wish, wish list, I should say, here. Uh, what's the latest on Zeke Elliott, and, and who else might be interested in his services? Well, we know Buffalo's
5: interested. I mean, Buffalo needs a power back, and I think that's where Zeke is in this point of his career. He's a power back, so I do think Buffalo would be interested there. I kind of get the sense that this is all related to contract. You see, when you ask the question, is someone interested in in Zeke or is someone interested in Odell? The answer is yes, but at what price? Is someone Mm -hmm. interested in in Hopkins from Arizona? Yes, at what price? Nobody finishes the sentence, right? Yes, I'm interested in Hopkins. I'm not interested in giving him a new contract at $20 million. Yes, I'm interested in Hopkins, but I'm not interested in redoing his contract. That's why Jalen Ramsey went for a third round pick. Everybody would have paid a third, Nobody was willing to add to the contract. So to me, I think where Philly's saying is, yeah, we'd be interested in Zeke. Is he willing to take a low contract? I don't know. Buffalo, it's all gonna come down to how much are you willing to spend? The Jets, how much are they willing to spend? The Jets have really pushed all their chips to the middle of the table. If they're after Zeke with Bryce Hall coming back off the injury, you know, they're still talking about Odell Beck. They're trying to build. You can just sense the desperation in Woody Johnson to win a Super Bowl this year, counting that he's going to get Aaron Rodgers,
3: which he will get eventually. Yeah, I mean, when is that going to get resolved? Goodness gracious, it feels like I, we've all penciled in Aaron Rodgers. But well, I mean, like Uncle Junior says, where are you going? We're
5: not shooting a Western here, family. I mean, it's going to get done eventually. Just relax, it's all good.
3: Yeah, I guess training camp is still a ways away, but I mean, like, come on, let's 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 finalize this thing so we can move on with our lives and not have to worry about Aaron Rodgers going to the Meadowlands here. But we did see a signing. Oh, by the way, uh, the Carolina Panthers. They yeah, went ahead and added that. DJ Chark on a one-year deal as they continue to kind of add to this offense. They picked up Adam Thielen. Now they bring in a deep in DJ Chark to help out their rookie quarterback, who they will select number one overall.
5: Or Andy Dalton. Look, I think Carolina's a really good play at, at what, at a two, plus 250 to win the South? I think they're a good play. I, I think they've got to get another rusher to go alongside of, Brennan, of, of Brian Burns. But they're really a good team, and they were playing good last year at the end of the season. They can run the football effectively. I think Miles Sanders with Hubbard as their backs are really good. So, like, Shark gives them an outside vertical X, so he can play out there. You're going to have to be careful. You've got to somewhat rotate the coverage to him because of his speed. But it also allows Thielen to catch the ball inside. I think this is a really good team. If they draft Bryce Young... I think they can win the south. I really do. If they go with CJ Stroud, I would be a little bit nervous. I think Bryce Young could play right away. I think he's ready to play right away. I'm not sure Stroud is. I do think Young will be the pick. I still do that even after yesterday. I think it was obvious as I've said many times. If Bryce Young's 6-1, he's the first pick overall in the draft. It's not close. Yep. You know, the only thing holding this up is his height. That's it it, the, the tape is live. The tape is real. People saw that yesterday. Uh, uh and I'm not saying Stroud wasn't impressive because he was, but I just think to me, young was born to play quarterback. He fits. And I think David Tepper sees that.
3: Well, everybody says that Josh McCown and CJ Stroud are going to play horse together. So it has to be Stroud yeah, that to the that,
5: that tape has been reviewed more than the a tape. I mean, it's <laughs> unbelievable how much they've looked at that tape. It's a, it's amazing. Like.
3: Unbelievable! Don't you just love draft season? I love it. It's the best. Absolutely. Some guy in his basement has an opinion and and it matters, right? (laughs) Thank you to all of our guests here. Michael Calbreeze, Vinny Maulo, Tate Fraser. Thank you to you, Michael. I will see you tomorrow. Thank you to all of our listeners, viewers, and Elliot Bowman, our producer. We'll talk to you guys Saturday morning. Coming up next, it's VEASAN Best Bets here on the Sports Betting Network.